to Checking In, the Gross Point Public Library Podcasts. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. I'm Annie. And we're just going to jump right into it. You know, the goal of the podcast is for just to reach out to the Gross Point community in different means than we've been doing before. And Annie and I both were interested in doing it, so now we're doing it. Um, so we're just going to have a casual conversation between the two of us, and we'll probably get some other staff members on board and talk about what they're doing and what else is going on in the library and just keep you guys updated on what's going on. Uh, and our first order of business is to talk about 2018, our 2018 year in review. Uh, we decided that it would be a good idea for us to mention some books, TV shows, movies, and music that we you know, consumed in 2018. Um, so we both have a list of the top two for each category, and hopefully our descriptions will be enough for you guys to maybe give it a shot. So without further ado, I guess we'll just jump in to the best books of 2018. All right, you want me to start? Sure. Okay, so this year I read, usually I read really dark stuff. This year I just, Cyrus. <laughs> uh, this year, um, I guess looking back, I didn't want to be in 2018, so I read all stuff that was fantasy or historical or maybe modern times, but... Um, you know, had some weird aspect to it, which is sort of my thing anyway. So my favorite novel of the year was Heartbreaker by Claudia Day. I read an article about that she wrote about motherhood in the Paris Review, and that turned me on to her book, which is about uh, a cult somewhere in the Alaskan Territory that they think it's still the 90s, and, um, you know, there's a mysterious stranger and a dog narrates a third of the story is super weird and really well written and uh, a quick read so do you think it would pair well with that other one that came out this year the educated or is it more on the super obscure since it's more fiction it's more obscure yeah you need to get weird but I (laughs) think it's okay to get weird sometimes there's a dog that's narrating yeah Um, and then my other, my number two is just a, a whole genre, which is graphic biographies. I read graphic novels often. Um, they go quick and they're really great and can be really poignant. Um, and this year, or maybe last year, and I'm just getting around to them, a lot of uh, graphic diaries came out, or graphic diaries or biographies, historical accounts. So I read... Um, and enjoyed Fire, the Zora Neale Hurst story by Peter Bagg. Zora Neale Hurst is a famous author, but she is also famous for sort of like dying in poverty. Um, California Dreamin', Cass Elliot Before the Mamas and the Papas by Penelope Bagu was super good and beautiful artwork. And then my favorite was Anne Frank's Diary, the graphic adaptation by Ari Fullman, um, which was really well done in a in a a hard job to take on and I feel like he did great with it so I and we have that we have all those I think at the library so I would recommend those yeah graphic novels are some of my favorite things yeah to read. I just I put think, like four on hold for I the think new just year. because they are quick but I think now 
whether they've always been this way or they've been more recently this way, but they're just so much good stuff that the graphic novel genre is doing that. It's almost some of the stuff's coming out is way better than any book that I've ever read. Yeah, and yeah, you can't, they do stuff that you can't do with books and you can't do it with movies either. Um, mm-hmm. Nate Powell is one of my um, favorite authors and illustrated, he illustrated the March series with John Lewis, but he writes his own books too. They were super great. Yeah, and Saga's probably the best Oh yeah. book, probably yeah. ongoing book that's probably out right now. Mm-hmm. Probably put it up against any type of media I felt out there. real cool because I came home with that book um, when we had a, our friend Matt living with us and he's like a comic book connoisseur and he hadn't heard of it yet and he read it and loved it. I felt like I was... Not much of a connoisseur. Got my cred. Not yeah. much of a connoisseur if you was saw guys to the cred. It was when it first <laughs> came out. But yeah, I would I think I'd recommend Jeez. that to anybody. As for my list, um, for the best 2018 books that I read, uh, Super Sad True Love Story by Gary Steingart, sort of liked how he prophesied the age of social media consuming everyone's lives and basically everyone living in their own world, sort of not really aware of what's going on in the outside world until it's too late, commoditizing everything. I don't know. I guess it was kind of super true and super sad, but... It was just really well written. I think he kind of nailed it on the head with the... Because it's sold from the point of view of two different characters. They start dating, and then, like, a whole bunch of stuff happens around them. They're sort of, like, the focal point of a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. So I thought it was really, really well written. I'd definitely give it a shot. I know we have it, because I read our copy. That's good, and I have his new book on my list, too. I have both those books on my list. Does he have a new one coming out? It came out in 2018. It's called Lake Success. Okay. the reviews say similarly that it's like, um, I want to say prolific, but that's not the word. But he's like foretelling mm-hmm. the future. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the other book of 2018 that I really liked a lot was Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore. Oh, I read that. I just, a lot of people recommended that book to me for a while. I never got around to it. And then I decided to read it and I really liked it. It's a really interesting story about this group of people who are trying to break this code that this old uh, typeface master created before he died and they're all trying to figure out crack the code and everything and it's just really cool how it sort of intersects like you know old you know archaeology type stuff with new technology like data mining and everything how all that stuff comes comes together to try to solve the story and it's just a really fun ride really it's just really fun that's all. I guess you could say it's, it's escapism. Yeah. It's nothing heavy, but it's just really fun, really interesting. I couldn't put the book down. Um, so I definitely recommend that book to anybody who's looking for some sort of escapism, but also just a really fun story about like solving, solving riddles and, you know, interesting characters. Great. You want to do movies? Next? Yeah, we can movies? do, we can do movies. Um, I guess I'll start mm-hmm. yeah. since you did the books. Um, I did not watch many movies this year because I have a two-year-old, <laughs> which, you know, shouldn't be the why, but I just, I'm like, as I'm, not, I'm not as interested in movies as I once was, but I saw Arrival in 2018. I think that movie came out last year, or 2016, but I saw it this year, and that movie was very good. Uh, I like sci-fi movies a lot, and this is, like, sort of, like, a different spin, sort of taking, you know, a sci-fi lens on language and all that stuff and just a really interesting story the plot 
device that they used was really clever, and the ending of the movie uh, basically destroyed me as a new parent. <laughs> so like That's I always just, good. So it was just like, oh, this movie's really good, and then it just it was really dusty in the room when I was watching it. Um, <laughs> and then the other movie I watched, I actually saw this in theaters, was A Quiet Place. Um, I really liked that movie a lot because it just showed what you can do with a movie without any language or any any sound, really. Um, that's sort of like the whole point of the movie. Is, is that, that hard to watch as a parent, too? Because I really love um, John Krasinski, but I've been like... I don't, it's not hard. I mean, it's... It's not as hard as Arrival was. Like, I mean, I could see why maybe A Quiet Place could be, just remote, like knowing about it and having watched it. But it's worth watching. I don't think as a parent you would be upset or it would the, terrify you. But I watch Handmaid's Tale, so if you can handle that as yeah, a parent. Yeah, but I, would, I like The Quiet Place a lot. I'm sure there's about like 100, 200 words that are spoken throughout the entire movie. And it's really clever that they used an actual um, deaf actress to play one of his kids so it was really cool to see her interact in that world where that was like her normal way of life but everyone oh. else would have had to live kind of like she did so it was really cool how they did that they all communicated in sign language and all that it was really it was just really cool a cool premise and I think they're making a sequel which I'm not too sure about because I like movies that stand alone yeah. on their a noisy own place. and it's like oh they because they made money let's just make it a sequel it's like it, it's good enough to stand on its own I'd recommend it uh, and I'm pretty sure that the library has both of these movies and I would definitely give them a shot if you haven't seen them great um, my movies were both less serious I watched um, and was so pleasantly surprised I just I was working like a split shift or something for some reason I had like a four hour break in the day and I was, uh, I'm pregnant and I was feeling nauseous. I was in my first trimester, so um, I just wanted to lay down on the couch and nothing looked good on Netflix. And then I turned on to All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is like a teenage rom-com based on a novel. Um, and I thought, oh, just something I can nap to. And it was so good. It was so surprising. It was funny. It was romantic. Like, I felt kind of weird as a 35-year-old woman enjoying a teen comedy so much, but it was, like, super good. I was so pleasantly surprised. Did you read the book that it was based on? No. Okay. Um, I heard that was good, too, and she's got a couple... I forget her name. Jenny Han. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's got a couple books out, but it was just so good. And, and in movies and in... Um, literature YA is just doing so much and it makes me really it makes me feel happy about like the kids being raised these days that they have such a like vast variety that's not just Sweet Valley High and the Babysitter's Club to read from which I I enjoyed as a teenager but it's great that they have such diversity and so many different like situations it's great yeah I think YA is kind of like that genre where there really isn't any one thing that really takes the cake. Like, no, there's just yeah. so many different authors. Like, I think a lot of the authors for YA are women, too, more so than some of the other, like, adult fiction and stuff. Like, there's a lot of women that write yeah. books, and there are a lot of non-white women that mm-hmm. write YA. Sort of almost seems like it's, like, 
the barrier for entry for YA is lower. Right. And, you know, I think because the audience doesn't care so much. Really no. If it's the good story, it doesn't matter. Right. It's it. a good story. It doesn't matter if you, like, got your master's in fine arts or, like, how many years of writing you have under your belt. If you've got something that they like, then um, you're in. But also in this movie, and I'm assuming the book, there were so many in a like rom-com or like a fun read there's so many easy ways to fall back on like tropes or cliches and they just didn't do it mm-hmm. ever and it felt so fresh so that was good so you're just waiting for that whatever to happen that just never did yeah i was like oh she's gonna get a boyfriend and her friend's gonna be mad at her because she's not spent enough time with her friend and then her friend was like totally supportive like it was great Mm-hmm. Anyway, then um, the other movie, I didn't watch very many movies either because I was watching TV, um, which was all great this year. But the other movie I put down was a, a movie that a patron recommended to me, actually. Um, he and I chat about Cheers a lot because we're both big Cheers fans. Um, and he recommended a movie called At Middleton to me, which is just a seemingly boring old movie about two parents dropping their kids off at college. It's got Andy Garcia and Vera Farmiglia. Farmiglia? Farminga, I think, is her last name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just really cute and moving and, again, I was pleasantly surprised, which I guess is what I'm looking for in movies these days. Pleasantly surprised me. TV can scare the crap out of me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what all the TV shows did this year to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like to see more movies. It just never, never really feel like I have time. But it's weird. But I'll like watch ten episodes yeah. of a TV show, <laughs> and then I'll be like, "Huh, I guess I could have watched that movie." Right. But I guess maybe I'm just sort of more interested in that long form storytelling now. So like a movie, like a single one off movie, has to be like really good for me to be mm-hmm. want to watch it. And a TV show, there's so much more you could do with the chemistry of the cast, just the serialization of the story. That's just sort of what I'm more interested in now mm-hmm. with my life at this point. And when you put the kids to bed, it seems like at whatever time it is, you're like, I don't have time to watch a movie. But then you end up like... And then you're just like, well, I can watch, I'll watch one episode. more. I'll watch one more. Before you know it, it's like, oh, I should have gone to bed two hours ago. Yeah. But uh, that's yeah, a good segue into the, the TV show, top shows of the uh, TV shows of 2018. So and hard to narrow down. It was, because I... I had to go back from my Netflix watch history to see what I watched this year because you just watch so many things you just like forget about the things you had already watched. What did you watch? I see your list. I watched What's the rundown. Let's see. This is just some. This is just a basic rundown of the stuff that I remember watching. Uh, Good Place, Dragon oh, Prince, yeah, so Superstore, American Vandal, Great British Baking Show, Atypical, Everything Sucks, Ugly Delicious. Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, yeah. Bojack Horseman. There's probably a whole bunch of other stuff that I've, that I've watched that I just didn't put on the list, but that just sort of what I had to narrow it, like sort of like my list where I narrowed it down from. And then my top two shows that I liked this year, one of them was American Vandal. Um, the first season? The second season. The well, second the, both seasons are good. Yeah. Like if you haven't watched, watched it, it's on Netflix. It's just a really good show. The premise of each season is, like, outlandish. So if you can kind of get past <laughs> the premise, like, it's actually just a really good story. kind of, like, mocks the uh, making a murderer genre, if you will. 
sort of these two... And the high school stereotypes. And the high school... It's like so well done. Yeah, it's like really... I feel like you want to know what high school is like in 2018. American Vandal is a show that you would watch and you would get the kids completely. Um, but just really good, like... But besides like just being a really good sort of like crime mystery and well put together and the fact that it showed like a slice of a teenage life that isn't so typical or as glamorous as maybe parents would like to know but just like another it's another reason like social media and like the you know convicting someone before like there's any evidence against it like especially you know that was kind of what the first season was like and then the second season was more you know the damage social media could do and sort of you know rip apart a school and a community and stuff and I think it's just really really good stuff but again the premise of each season is it's quite ridiculous, but it's just sort of like the hook to get you interested to see how it keeps going and everything. I really recommend that show if you have Netflix to give that a shot. And then my other 2018 show is The Good Place. So good. I can't believe I forgot to put that would have been on my list. It should sure. be like The Great Place or like something. Yeah. I don't know. Just a, It's probably my, one of my favorite shows just already. Like I've always been interested in philosophy and having a TV show based in philosophy and turning it into a comedy, I'm not sure how he did it, but he did. And it just doesn't miss a beat. No, it does. It doesn't miss a beat, and it also doesn't mess around with my time. Yeah. Because you could, if you've seen it, like you would have seen it. Like there's so many instances where the show would have been like, let's just do this for a season or two. There's and no then flashback all of a sudden, episodes. And then There's all of a sudden, like, in one episode, you get a season's worth of content because they're just like, this is how we're going to do it. So I really don't know what to expect, which is something I like because I could see it. Like, so many other shows would have just done, kept going with this until it got stale. And that's sort of why this show is so good because it's never never gets stale. It's always fresh. It just moves. It just moves so fast that you don't really have time to really think about you know, where they've been or where they're going. You're just like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Cool. And just the cast is really good. The chemistry between the cast is probably the best on TV for a comedy, I think. Like Kristen Bell's the... Kristen Bell and Ted Danson are the two, I guess you would say, leads of the show. But the other other actors on the show, especially the actors that plays Janet. Yeah, Janet. Darcy. Corden. I forgot what her name was, but she's probably like the breakout star of that show because she probably has the hardest job of anybody on that show and she does it really well that show's so funny and so smart it's i'm bummed i recommended it we have it at the library the first two seasons i think the third season's on tv yeah third season's currently airing and um i recommended it to a couple patrons based on our mutual love of ted danson and they haven't liked it it's such a bummer to me when they don't because it's so good but um, yeah, that was a that's a great show. Um, my, oh, I had a lot of picks um, for TV. I loved what HBO was doing with turning books into serial television shows. I loved Big Little Lies. I loved Sharp Objects. was super good. Um, but I think Handmaid's Tale has to be a number one on my list because it was terrifying. I watched the first season, and I still just don't have it in me to start the second season. We haven't gotten it at the library yet, so I'm just waiting for that. 
one of our coworkers binged it over Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> she came back like not quite all right, but it's so good, so visceral. Apparently, she's writing a sequel now. Yeah, and Margaret Atwood's like, yeah, TV. writing the sequel, and she's in on the TV show, which is yeah. great. I love TV women. money changes lives. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Speaking, of, look for no further than George R. R. Martin. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that sixth book. That right, it's been on the shelf for like seven years. Yeah, um, but the actress in Handmaid's Tale, um, Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss, who played Peggy in Mad Men, is. So good. She should just win every Emmy. She goes through all the emotions. Her face is like, I don't even know how she moves her face that way. You can just tell everything she's feeling with her facial contortions. Um, But then I feel like those are all depressing shows, so I wanted to put something fun on the list. Um, And this is also sort of depressing because it got canceled, but um, Tina Fey had her hand in a show called Great News. Yeah, I heard about it. I just, it was not, it got, it somehow mysteriously dropped on Netflix, and I'm like, oh, yeah. it's on Netflix, and, and I think, I haven't started watching them, like, I think that show got canceled. It did. It went through two seasons, and then yeah. you can tell, too, with the final episode of the second season, they didn't know they were getting canceled. Um, and then I think people were thinking that Netflix was going to pick it up, but I don't think that happened. I don't happened. think they did. But it's, it's possible. I it's mean, you never know. Yeah. It's a really lighthearted, funny and smart um, show about a newsroom, like a cable news program, and a, a woman that works there who sort of has a helicopter parent, and her helicopter parent gets a job as an intern there. And the woman that plays that, is she was the mom in my big fat Greek wedding, but she's been in a bunch of other stuff. She's so funny. Um, so it's sort of pokes fun at the generational gap between the sort of baby like boomers that and intern movie into a TV show. I don't know. With Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Did I you don't ever know. see that? No, I didn't see that. Oh. Does he play the intern in that? He movie? plays Robert De Niro plays the intern. Oh. But I don't think I think he worked at like a big wig he was like a big wig at a company. Oh, and he got I think his wife passed away and he was just bored and he wanted to like be an intern for the young a younger CEO, maybe to groomer. I'm not really sure. I didn't really oh, actually yeah. watch the movie, but just based on the snippets I've seen and the trailer, that's what I can yeah. assume the movie's about. No, this woman but, was like a uh, stay-at-home mom in like a big New Jersey gossip. Andrea Martin, I think, might be her name, the actress, and she just sort of like on a fluke gets a <laughs> gets a job there. It was really funny. I'm bummed that um, it didn't get picked up again, but that's life. Yeah, that's that is the. The bad thing about TV, you never really know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Um, especially with those network shows nowadays, is like they'll drop them at the. It's got to make immediate money. Notice. Yeah. Yeah. So great news. We won't see that show bad anymore. Bad news. Yeah. And when the Netflix show gets canceled, it's like big news now because their whole model is not canceling shows. Right. They want to have at least a beginning, middle, and end for their stuff, mm-hmm. so people can actually watch it. You know, people are really upset that. The Marvel shows are getting canceled yeah. now. I think that happened with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt too. Like NBC canceled it, and then Netflix picked it up, and then yeah, well, yeah. Did it, it end? I don't know. I think if it it's going to end soon if it hadn't already ended. But yeah, that was a weird thing because NBC co-produced it. Like I think they um, made the show, and they weren't they wouldn't commit to it. But Netflix is like, we'll give you you know two seasons, and they're like, okay, so like Netflix got it as an original, 
but it started at NBC, oh, okay. and then Netflix can, kept it going. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of the stuff like that happens nowadays. We keep keep talking about that show though, because that theme song gets stuck in my head. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. That's that. Um, I'll sing. I'll be singing that at the reference desk. Um, That's the worst song to be singing. No. <laughs> All right, you want to do music? You said you had a tough time with music because you watch so much, but or listen to so yeah, much. Yeah, music is. I listen to music probably for hours a day, every day. Having a subscription service to music is great, but having narrowed down to artists or whatever is not an easy task. So I just basically just pulled a couple names out of a hat, really, because all of the movie trips, I listen to just so much. Like one of the people I listen to, um, her name's Zella Day, and it just seemed like everything that came up by her like I never skipped it that's almost that's almost one of the criteria I picked it's like if I didn't skip it then I probably liked it more than even I would know because even bands I like I'll skip some of their songs if I'm not in the mood but whenever she came up in my playlist or on the radio that you know Google made for me I'm like I just can't skip this mm-hmm. and that, like that was like every song that she did whatever album that was like almost all those songs on that album are really really good so I would recommend listening to her. I don't. I would assume we don't have her. So listen to her on YouTube if you could find her, or your favorite subscription service, Spotify, Apple. Or Hoopla maybe. Hoopla. Hoopla maybe. Hoopla has it. I didn't check. That's our library. It's the library service that we offer to our patrons. And then uh, another person that I listened to a lot this year, um, Hamilton Leithauser. Or Lighthouser. I didn't really learn how to pronounce his last name. He sounds like the most British person in the entire world, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's American. And his solo career is really good. I just like his voice. It's really clear. It's distinct. It's a little different than what you hear nowadays. Like, I'm pretty sure I haven't heard him on the radio, but I don't listen to the radio anymore. Um, but I just really like him. He was the lead singer of a band called The Walkman back in the day and they're really good and he sort of did his own thing and he's really good on his own and he uh, teamed up with this guy Ross Dam and they came out with an album and it's really good so everything that he's done I really liked and I listened to him a lot in 2018 but I could have picked any anything and everyone for 2018 and these are just the two I settled on because I would be here talking to you until next week talking about music and I'm not going to do that I was the opposite. I feel like I listen to the same two records all year long. <laughs> um, so my two choices are um, a new album that came out as Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour, um, which has been getting a lot of attention. I really used to like country music, and then I feel like maybe around the time I went to college, like in the early 2000s or the late 90s, it just got real stupid. And, yeah, like, yeah good, and, good country is hard to find. Yeah, but, I think maybe just because I'm not familiar with the genre, but yeah, so I can't listen to like a country radio station anymore. But there are some artists that I really like. Casey Musgraves is one of them. I like all three of her albums. Um, she's got a great voice and she plays around. So I don't know. She's fun, and I'm going to see her in January. That'll be fun. She's coming to the Fox Theater or something. 
And then the other album that I listen to, probably I probably listen to a song almost daily, is Solange's um, A Seat at the Table. And I know that came out, I thought it came out in 2017, but I looked it up yesterday. It came out in 2016. So I think just for two years straight, I've been listening to this album like... That's a good album. Every day. And I love it. And we got, we have a record player at my house. So I listen to it there and I have it on my computer and... You just have it everywhere. Just sort of been my soundtrack for the last two years. I'm all, I'm looking forward to the new Robin album, but I haven't got oh, it. Oh, yeah, I got that one. Honey, did you like it? Yeah, I like her a lot. Yeah, there's just so many. There's just so many good artists out there. It's overwhelming to like keep a track. Like I used to do it in college when I had time. I'm like, oh, I found all these bands. Like I found Arcade Fire before yeah. everyone knew about it. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Then when you get to be an adult, you're like. This is just too much stuff. Like yeah. I can't, keep, I can't keep up with all this my new hus- stuff and old stuff and yeah. side stuff. It's just like, okay, if it's if it sounds okay, I'm just going to, I'll listen to it. That's sort of how I've gotten. Like, I'm not as aggressive with my disdain yeah. for some stuff. Like, I'm just like, I don't like it, but it's fine. Yeah. My husband is really into music and sort of stays up on it. Um, and so... He knows my taste, so I just sort of leave it up to him. He'll say, I think you'll like this, that, and that's what I'll listen to. Um, or I guess I listen to, like, the Tiny Desk concerts at, um, on NPR, NPR and stuff like that to get new music ideas. Um, but that's about it. It wasn't a big music year for me. Um, do you want to talk about, real quick, like, what you're looking forward to in 2019? Do you have any plans? Um, pop culture-wise? Pop culture-wise... Not really. I don't think that far ahead. That's just oh, sort of man, I got I, a whole plan. That's I got a whole thing. day like, I know, planner page. I know, now. like, the new... The, 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 the final Infinity War movie is coming out. Like, I'll watch it. Like, I used to be more invested, but just so many movies and so much time. I'm just like, whatever. Like, it's going to make a billion dollars, and I'll, I'll get my money. And Captain Marvel, like, Marvel, Disney. They basically all... They all have movies that I'll see. My interest level has sort of waned. I just feel like there's yeah. too many things. They're all meshed together. So the Infinity War, I forgot what the official end game is, what it's called. I'm just like, cool. It's not ending, but yeah. it is what it is. And now the new Star Wars movie is coming out next year. So I'll watch that because I've watched the other two new ones, and it'll be fine. And what else is coming out? Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. I guess I'm excited about Game of Thrones, but at the same time, I'm sort of like, I really wish that Martin had finished at least one of the books before the show ended, because it just sort of like... Ruins it. Ruins. Basically, like, I have no interest in finishing the books anymore, because, like, the TV show's gone so far beyond where he's ended that it doesn't even matter what he writes now. I'm just going to be like, who cares? Like, the show is... I know what happened, yeah. At this point. That's kind of a double-edged sword, because I'm sure that show got a lot of people who wouldn't have otherwise been turned on to the book to read the books. But then, for some fans, they're going to sort of, like, taper off. Yeah. Like, I'm... Maybe I will, but I just knowing... Right now, I probably won't read them. Yeah. It's just... There's no point. Especially for how massive they are. And since I know how it's going to end, like, I'm just not interested in, like, the journey anymore. Yeah. But I will watch it, though. Like, I guess I am interested. 
I'm just not really sure what they're going to do with those last few episodes. Like, six episodes, like, hour and a half long. It's a lot of stuff to get through in a short amount of time. Yeah, a lot of stuff to wrap up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, they're all... We're going to do a whole episode about it. Yeah, we might even do a episode along. We should have a Game of Thrones party at the library. We could. We could definitely do that. But, yeah, I guess, yeah, Game of Thrones is definitely exciting you know obviously when the good place comes back like i'll watch it but i don't think anything like really like excites me like i need to watch this or i'm gonna any books do you have like a, a new like on the over the holiday or like on new year's uh, eve you got any like i'm gonna sit I read, down with this I, book? I checked out the beastie boys book uh so i'll probably try to get through that because the beastie boys are one of my favorite artists and it was written by the two surviving members of the band so I think it'd be really cool to get a behind-the-scenes behind the look of yeah. where they came from, what they're doing, and all that stuff. And it's sort of an interesting book because it's written mostly by them, but it has, like, special chapters written by other people that really like them. So I think it should be pretty oh, interesting. It's like a small graphic novel in the middle of it somewhere from what I've gathered from browsing. So I think it'll be pretty interesting. just to be a really interesting read. Yeah. That's all. So I think I'm going to read that over break. Um I like to go to more concerts. Those are, like, my favorite thing. But it's just tough to, like, get out. Just the two of us with, you know, have to pay for a babysitter, then go to the show, then have to go to work the next day. It just... Yeah. All this stuff is not a parent game or an, a working full-time Special game. Special occasion, not, like... Like, it's, like, a definitely, like, a young person game. So if you're young... Take advantage of all that stuff because <laughs> there will be a time where you're not going to be able to do all the things you want to do. My husband still goes to shows, but he'll go to a show that I'm not interested in. We could sort of split it up, and then I'll go out. It's rare that we go on out together. We're like Clark Kent and Superman <laughs> <laughs> because we don't want a paper sitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my husband for Christmas um, the new Jeff Tweedy book. He wrote a book. Mm-hmm. I forget what the title is but I'm excited about that because if he's sitting down interested in that then I got a whole stack of books I got my holds list full up at the library Mm -hmm. um, with some graphic novels and um, what this big thick book by Richard Powered called um, Overstory that I'm excited to read over the break it's probably like 500 pages so maybe I won't I probably won't get it done I do have to like be a parent um, and go to work a couple days as well but um, I'm looking forward to that book I'm going to read chef biographies this winter that's my winter plan for nonfiction. that'll be cool Um, last winter I read art books and I ended up just reading mostly about Matisse because I got real hung up on him and then for movies I still haven't seen Crazy Rich Asian so I have that on hold at the library and I'm next in line so we'll expect a review for the next yeah, episode. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be good. I've been hearing great things about it. And then there's a documentary about Gilda Radner coming out called Love, Gilda. And I don't imagine... I've read a lot about her and read her memoir that she wrote before she died. So I can't imagine there's much I don't know about her. But um, you might be surprised. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I read Jean... Um, what's his name? Wilder. Yeah, Wilder's memoir as well, who was her husband. So that gave some insight to her as well. But... So I'm excited about those things. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't get that excited about anything, really. I'm always a level, like, low-key, just like, 
this is fine. Chill. Go with the flow type person, but if something pops on my radar, I'll try. I'll probably try to do it. Yeah. A lot of times I'm just playing catch up with the year before, the years yeah. before. That's kind of all I do. It's like, oh, this movie came out. I'll watch it when it when it comes on Netflix or when the library gets it or when I feel like watching it. So sort of what I've always been do- doing for like the Oscar season. It's like, oh, oh this man, is cool. I'm like five years behind I'll on Oscar season. Watch this when I get around to it, but I don't really care too much about that anymore. But. I hear that that Roma movie is really good. That's uh, Alfonso Cuarón's new movie. It's on Netflix, and I heard that's really good. So I'll try to watch that. Since yeah, it's I want to see have. the um, the favorite. I forget who's in it. Emma Stone is in it. Yeah, Emma a couple Stone's other people, and then that um, movie with Cersei Ronan and the chick that played Tanya Harding. Oh, it's yeah. It's about Mary Queen of Scots. Mary Queen, that's that what it's looks called. really good. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah okay, that so. looks really good. But I, yeah. that one, when I saw the preview, I was like, I'm going to get to the theater to see that one. I see maybe two or three movies a year at the theater. Even though the park has such a lovely little theater and they always have new movies and it's like five bucks, um, it's hard to get there. Mm-hmm. But I think 2019 will be fine. I think there's always good stuff. It's just whether or not you're willing to put the time and effort into finding it. But having working at a library makes it very easy for us since we kind of get all that stuff. Like before, oh, yeah. Because we, like, buy all this stuff and we talk to our colleagues and we figure out all this stuff out. And we could give you guys recommendations. Yeah. But we I... also give each other recommendations. Mm-hmm. I think it sort of makes it a lot easier to not really feel like I have to stay on top of everything if, you know, Annie seems to like books more than I like books. So I can be like, Annie, what's you reading? And I'll be like, cool. And she knows that I like music. So she can be like, what you listening to? So it's sort of like a beneficial arrangement that we have as librarians. Yeah, that's nice if you can find a librarian that has your taste. We go to school, like that's a class in school, is like learning how to give recommendations to people based on their likes, not our own. But it's a nice perk if you can find a librarian that has the same reading taste as you just because they've... They're always reading. Yeah, always reading or doing something. You know, it's sort of when I, sort of, you know, as a as a younger person who has historically not read as often as I would have liked. Like, I kind of want to change the idea of the library. Just, you know, books are just an just a part of what we do. We have a lot of different things like movies, music. We have tools now. We have kits for the kids. Yes, we kids. have a whole lot of stuff that you don't wouldn't think a library would have. We're trying to adapt to the future and accommodate the needs of people in 2018, but in 2019. In 2019 and <laughs> and and beyond. That's sort of how I, how I view my job as a librarian is to anticipate the needs and adapt as needed. Like I don't want to be an archaic institution. Like that's how libraries or certain libraries could go the way of the dodo if they just sort of you know plant their foot in the ground and be like we're not changing and I'll tell you that's a library that won't exist in five years yeah but speaking of all the readers advisory and everything we do have a special 2019 bookish challenge yeah that we are going to be doing throughout the year do you want to talk about what it is yeah it's a bookish challenge so it's maybe like there's enough stuff it's maybe like 30 things, so not even one thing a week you would have to do. Um, 
And some of them are read a book by your favorite, read the first book your favorite author wrote or the last book your favorite author wrote. Um, Some of them are book-based. Some of them are uh, visit a library branch. You don't go very often. Make a recipe from one of our cookbooks. Um, Turn off your phone and sit by one of our fireplaces this winter. Um, There's just a lot of ways to explore what the library has to offer, but it's also just like fun. My sister and I choose a book challenge every year to do, and um, it just widens your... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Horizon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not the word I was looking for, <laughs> but uh, your playing field, I guess, of what you could consume and what you could get done. Um, so we encourage you to check it out. We have we'll have displays up at all the branches and brochures, and then well, you can also download it from the our brand new website. Yes, our brand new website. It looks very nice. It's mobile friendly, tablet friendly. Everything friendly. Yeah. So you can just it, go to the new website and it'll adjust on its own to whichever device you're using. Yeah. And URL friendly because our old library web address was like had a lot of dots in it. This is just girlspointlibrary.org, right? Isn't that right? That, that's right. That is yeah. correct. So we're we're see we're adapting to the future. Yeah. And we also have this special Danish <laughs> and Norwegian challenge. Huga. Yeah. Did I pronounce it right? Huga. Huga. Yeah. Huga. But it is not spelled the way you think. Spelled like Hyg. Yeah, it's spelled like H-Y-G-G-E. But it is a word for feelings of coziness, wellness, and contentment. So we're going to be doing some events around that word at all the branches. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah, a lot of our winter programs are going to be focused on um, gathering community and feeling warm and cozy and um, being inclusive. So we've got some cozy winter read-ins, which you can just come in and grab a hot beverage and lay around and read in a comfortable place with or without your kids. We've got some coffee and coloring. We've got um, a puzzle tournament, which I'm super excited about, where you get a team of four together and you get two hours to complete a 1,000-piece puzzle. Um, There's crafts. We've got yoga for winter blues. There's a Know Your Muslim Neighbor program, um, which was a big success a couple years ago. Such a big success that we're um, doing it again. So we would encourage you to check out those programs and all the other programs we'll we'll have going on this winter, too. The calendar's, like, packed when we were planning the winter programs to pick a day. It was like, oh, there's four things going on this day. So there's probably something, I would hope, something for everyone. Yeah, I think so too. And especially on the youth side of things, there's always good stuff happening on the youth side of things. There's always story times with the librarians at each branch. Rachel does a good job at the Mm -hmm. Woods branch and Jane does a good job at Central and Melissa does a really good job at Ewald and Catherine does a lot of good programs for the tweens Mm -hmm. I'm doing some programs for the teens we're doing an escape room in January if you or anybody you know will be interested in that we're going to try to escape the library and if you don't escape then you just get to spend the night here Mm. which I don't know if that's actually how it's going to do but (laughs) you know we'll see we have a lot of exciting things happening at the Gross Point Library, and we hope that you keep listening to us and that you keep coming to the programs and supporting us. Thanks for your support with the millage. We, yeah. appre- we appreciate that. helps us bring you the things that you always like and brings you new things that you might not know that we had. So thank you again for passing the millage. Yeah, it was really exciting to see that overwhelming support. Mm-hmm. 
So with that, I think we could probably call that an episode. Yeah. So just uh, we're check. Thanks for checking in with the Gross Point Public Library. I'm Matt. I'm Annie. And we'll see you next time. episode with a little bit of Zella Day, one of my favorite artists of 2018.